Just a quick reminder that Stuck in the 80s is a partner of... We're at sea, and I'm a god at sea. The 80s Cruise. Sail away with us on March 2019 along with Kenny Loggins, D. Snyder, Berlin, Starship, Sheila E., OMD, The Fix, Cutting Crew, Club Nouveau, English Beat, and more. I don't know if I can pronounce anymore, but there we go. It's all happening March 2nd through 9th on the Celebrity Infinity. For more details, go to www.the80scruise.com and tell them that you heard about it on Stuck in the 80s when you book. Brad and I will be there. Now let's get on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And hey, look who's back this week. It's Brad in LA, baby. I love (laughs) me here. (laughs) And we're ready to explore the biggest movie, Stinkers, turned 30 years old this summer. Don't forget, Steve, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And I heard a rumor that we're on Spotify now, too. We are on Spotify! And don't forget to listen to the podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find this show and many other amazing podcasts at clnsmedia.com. So I have to say I was sad to not get to participate in the last show. That was a lot of fun to listen to. It was a lot of fun to record too, Brad. Oh, Brad in Las Vegas or wherever it was you were. You're hurting me. Um, it was just a it was a hectic week. It was a long long trade show week, and you know our listeners deserve a new show, whether I can be there or not. I say, but I did have you know, and actually it's probably just as well that I wasn't there because I probably would have picked 1976 too. Um, oh, good. You know, you kind of have like the the kind of benchmark years in your life. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks about it that way. But like my favorite summer was the summer before my junior year in high school. But my favorite kid summer was 1976. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It was just one of those weird things lately where I've been listening to non-80s things nonstop lately. Yeah. Um, and sort of part, part of my healing, my, my three months of healing uh, after being unemployed. And it just... It was just got in my head that, oh, my God, I, I forgot all these amazing things that happened in the late 70s. Yeah. Well, it's funny because all those TV shows you mentioned, like, those are shows I remember and that I watched. So, I mean, I was watching TV in there. And when you talk about Six Million Dollar Man, oh, God, I loved that show. <laughs> loved that show. I remember telling my friends, when I grew up, I want to be the Six Million Dollar Man. And someone's like, you want to be in a disfiguring crash? <laughs> like, smart ass. <laughs> You don't know how much time I spent Googling uh, Six Million Dollar Man and Bigfoot after that podcast to find like clips and photos of Bigfoot from that show that used oh, to scare man. the hell out yeah. of me. And, uh, 
that was the summer of the bicentennial. I remember my mom making, like, we didn't have a whole lot of money. Let's face it. Dad was a university <laughs> professor. But I remember very distinctly she made red, white, and blue frosting on graham crackers for us on the 4th of July. And that was just, like, the greatest <laughs> thing ever, right? Like, frosting yeah. on a graham cracker. What magic is this? It was a different time, my friend. It really was. May, may, all of our, may all of our pleasures be so simple. Yes. So here's the deal with this week's show. Um, I know we're usually always positive and peppy about the 80s, the music, the movies, you know, and we lavish all this love upon our favorite flicks. Love you. <laughs> mean it. Yeah. Even, But today we're going to look at some of what I call the summer stinkers from the summer of 1988. So they're all turning 30 this year. And, and when I say summer stinkers, I, I mean it with like a – you know, kind of like, like a, no love at all. No, no, no love. Kind of, no like, love. A, like, a, like a hug, like a, like that butts out hug you give a friend when it's like, you know, they're having a bad day or a bad three months. The summer of 88 had some amazing movies. I was looking through them today. You had Bull Durham. You had Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You had Coming to America. Uh, yeah, stop right there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. But this, um, this summer also had what we call some infamous flops. And I'm not going to give them all away right now. We've ranked uh, – Brad and I have ranked our top five summer stinkers uh, for 1988. Yeah. And, and, and he, to increase the difficulty, if we're going to – to make it a little harder on ourselves, we said no sequels. Because no there sequels. are some bad sequels this summer. Some bad sequels. Are you, you have Poltergeist 3, oh. Short Circuit 2, uh, Arthur 2, also known as Arthur 2 on the Rocks. Does that mean ah, they're not ah, out of ah, ice? Ah. Oh. Big Top Pee Wee, which I'm going to designate as a sequel, whether it was or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I toyed with adding it to the list, but Pee Wee fans are pretty loyal. I think they even still like that movie. But the one movie I think we can all agree about, the one movie sequel from the summer of 1988 that I think we can all agree about, the song right up front should have told you, uh, Caddyshack 2. Caddyshack 2 had one redeeming quality. One the thing that's good about it. The opening, opening song, song by Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Exactly. It's fantastic. And just, you know, if, if you in 1988 walked in, sat through the opening montage of the music and walked out, you got the best of it. Yes. You probably got your money's worth. I don't know about that, but we're gonna, I'm going to say it. I'm gonna, that's my peppiness. You for the probably got your dad's money's worth. Well, that's just a certain amount of truth to that because I was notorious for stealing quarters off my dad's desk to pay for uh, Zaxxon games mm-hmm. and uh, admission to fine uh, R-rated movies whenever I could sneak in. So, Anyway, are you ready to begin the top five list of Summer Stinkers of 1988? Let's get this baby started. Number five. Red Heat. Do you know what this key open? Looks like a key to a locker to me. Why don't you ask your bud? You try it. Where is the locker that this key opens? What do you say? You say, go and kiss your mother's behind. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Who remember who paid for this in the theaters? Did you pay for it, Brad? I did. No, I did not. Sounds like a porno title when you read it. <laughs> yeah. It is one of those titles that we wouldn't have to rename if we turned it into a porn yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this one has Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jim Belushi uh, starring in a buddy cop, Red Scare slash comedy drama 
too many slashes, I think, about a Russian narcotics officer and a Chicago detective. I'll let you decide who's who. Hmm. Uh, who appeared up to track <laughs> down a Soviet drug kingpin. It has the distinction of being the first American movie given permission to film in Moscow's Red Square. I do vaguely remember that, I have to say. The rest of the movie was filmed in Hungary, but just but it has like a couple of scenes in Red Square. So really Hungary um, Hungary stands in for Chicago or does Jim Belushi go to Hungary? <laughs> Maybe in the late 80s it could have been either. No, it, it, the movie takes place in Chicago. But um it wasn't really a box office bust. Critics didn't hate it. It just wasn't very it wasn't funny enough or interesting enough, I think. Yeah. In, in a decade that was known for great buddy cop movies. This ain't one of them. Yeah. This is just like a, a, a mediocre episode of a cop procedural kind of thing. Yes. Schwarzenegger years later was doing an interview and he said that he only agreed to do the movie because the director, uh, Walter Hill, who did the 48 hour movies with um, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. He wanted to work with him. Yeah, sure. The Walter Hill way of working from what I've understand is to not really have a complete script and to just sort of like rewrite on the fly. Yeah. So, as it was, the script was not finished. They were rewriting it throughout. And what happened was, it's just not funny enough. Yeah, I could see that happening. We did our movie back, I don't know, it's probably been seven or eight years now, about um, Red Scare movies of the 80s. And I remember the conversation about whether to include this movie <laughs> <laughs> was about like five seconds long. I was like, you should we put Red no. Heat? No. Okay. <laughs> Anything else? Talk no about? mustard on that yeah, sandwich? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what went on afterwards. I think we actually went to a ball game and had hot dogs. If you want to talk about its legacy, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Red Heat has a freshness score in the sixties. That's pretty respectable. Also, the weather here in Florida. That's pretty today. respectable. Okay, let's move on to the list. Number four, Steve. Number four is the often misspelled "Killer Clowns from Outer Space." Something funny's happening around here. What incarnation's going on here? <laughs> Where's my dog? Where's my Pooh Bear? Out there, they stay apart with my bare hands. <laughs> I've actually seen this picture, Steve, and I can tell you it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I don't think I've seen it. It is kind so. of it's well to call it campy is almost an insult to campy movies. There's a scene at one point where the the uh, police chief you know says rather loudly, "No one's going to make a puppet out of me." Well, gee, I wonder what happens to him later in the picture. Uh, so <laughs> this is a science fiction kind of horror comedy film. Written, produced, and directed, that's a dangerous combination, by the Chodo Brothers, and starring Grant Kramer, Suzanne Snyder, John Allen Nelson, John Vernon, and a bunch of other people you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say the big it's ones. the only <laughs> film to be written and directed by these this band of brothers, if you will, and it is about a clan of evil aliens from space, 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 who look like circus clowns. They show up on Earth and invade a small town to take over the place, kill all the people, and basically eat them. And it is just, you know, it's just dumb. It's tropey and stupid and low budget. And, you know, as one of my friends in the film industry says, you know why people make horror movies so they can stop making horror movies. You know, it's, it's kind of an entry into 
the filmmaking business, right? You get familiar with how the, how things, the ins and outs of things, and then you go do something else. Sure. And if you're wondering who the Chiodo brothers are, they are Stephen, Charles, and Edward, and perhaps you have heard of them. They are best known for their work in clay modeling and puppets. Oh, that's right. And they're in, I think some of their puppeting work was in place in Team America World Police. Bingo. Bingo. Bongo. And the aforementioned uh, Big Top Pee Wee. Oh, there you go. I didn't know about that one. I knew about Team America. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I think this movie also has a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes somewhere in the low 70s. And I think that's probably a little that's, religious history that's, there. That's very generous. That's very generous. Uh, I smell an astroturfing campaign. <laughs> you know what's funny is, okay, so the first one had a fresh rating in the 60s. This one has one in the 70s. If you add up the fresh ratings of the next three movies, <laughs> do you know what the total number is? Oh, uh, I'm going to say it's like 23. Six. <laughs> oh six. my! Of, of the three, so they got six points between them. Boy, yes, it's pretty bad. I won't ruin the surprise, but uh, you'll you'll figure it out pretty quickly. Are you ready? Yeah, hit me. Number three. Number three is vibes. What's happening here? A minute ago, you were ready to disappear down my throat. I don't know. This is uh, just starting to sound a little. Too much like uh, charity. I must have said the wrong words. I admit I'm not that smart. I'm not a museum person. Well, you know, the way it's coming out. Uh, you're looking for a little action. There's nobody here but me and Harry, and I won. But not by much. Okay. I want your bed, all right. I dream about you and me in a house in Long Island. I'm only half a woman till I make love to you. You happy now? Must we spoil what's been a depraved and embarrassing evening? Again, Brad, did you see this in the movie theaters, or have you seen this at all? I had never heard of this picture. <laughs> I had never heard of it. And, I, I, you know, when I watch some of the clips, so there are a fair, fair few. Sometimes you go looking for movies and you just can't find anything, but there are a fair few clips of this oh, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, there's so a ton. I feel like I have a flavor for it now. You have as much flavor as you need. Like It's like eating squid uh, bugles. That's as much flavor as you need. One bite. <laughs> Yeah, a bag of squid bugles has about 100% more flavor than this movie did. Yes. So here we go. I did see this in the theater. I do not know why. Did you really? Yeah. It, it just, it seemed, well, it had Cindy. Okay, here's why. Starring Sidney Lauper, Jeff Goldblum, Julian Sands, and Peter Falk. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm like, okay, you know, it's 1988. I don't have yeah. a whole lot to do. I mean, the My elevator social- pitch for this probably sounds pretty good. It's like it's like uh, romancing the stone, but with psychics. Like, uh, okay, I'll try yeah. that. So the plot revolves around Sylvia, a ditzy psychic, and Nick, her equally odd psychic friend, and they plot a trip to Ecuador to find the quote source of psychic energy. Ooh. Um, I will say this is Cindy Lauper's first movie. Her first credited movie role. Okay. She had she had an uncredited role as an extra in Girls Just Want to Have Fun in nineteen eighty five. Can we you love name that movie movies? around here? Boy, we name check that movie all the time. I know. We should get residuals. Maybe I should also, watch it. <laughs> the residuals would also not do much for us, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was also in uh, Life with Mikey in nineteen ninety three. She was in several episodes of Mad About You and Bones. If you look on IMDB, Cindy Lauper has more than 60, six zero credited uh, acting appearances. Although 
most of them are as herself. And I should also add that music videos are now counted as acting appearances. Oh, yeah. So here's the thing that I noticed just in the clips I watched is I could tell where Jeff Goldblum got the inspiration for his character. Okay. Are, are you familiar with Kim Cattrall's work in the movie Mannequin? Yes. When there's somebody other than Andrew McCarthy in the room? He's terrible in these scenes I found online. He uh, like it's like he's reading off of cue cards one word at a time. Yeah, it, it is a strange movie. I, I it's one of those ones. All these last three movies, you're going to question why Hollywood even bothered or why the actors even signed on. Well, I just I think it's a honestly I think it's the elevator pitch sounds good and they get a couple million and off they go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's, I mean, the thing is, I was really surprised because. You know, he'd had a career at that point. He'd done The Fly, and he'd done Silverado, and he'd been in the, you know, all kinds of stuff at that point. So I just was surprised at how kind of wooden, seriously, not to go back to that, his his character seems. As many people will say after listening to the show, we can't all have on days. (laughs) (laughs) It's not all immaterial, as I tell my kids. Summer Stinkers was not the first idea I woke up with today. (laughs) Anyway... um, (laughs) Remember how I said uh, the next three movies added up to a six uh, fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Vibes has a 6% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. You almost want to talk to those people like, what did you like about this that everyone else missed? You know, if it were on TV right now, I would be like, you know what? I'll I'll watch it. I'll watch like 20 minutes of it. Because there's there's this funny bit where Jeff Goldblum, his psychic powers only – come to life when he touches something okay like he can he can touch um a pair of panties which i think actually happens in the movie it determines that his girlfriend's been you know cheating on him and stuff like that or he can touch sense the history of an object kind of yes yes okay exactly that that's exactly how his works so so there's some pretty good jokes through his character on that based on that very 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 uh um, <laughs> elementary and juvenile premise, but you know, I will say six percent. The, the last thing I'll say about this is I found in my my YouTube wanderings. There's a Cindy Lauper song on the soundtrack, "Hole in My Heart," all the way to China, which is pretty catchy. I don't think I'd ever heard it before, um, but of course, as with as happens, it's not actually on the soundtrack, and it only <laughs> succeeded on the charts in the faraway place called Australia. Our Aussie fans are going to have to fill us in on what happened there. Anyway, it's time to reveal the last two movies on our Summer Stinkers list of 1988. Number two. Number two is Hot to Trot. I'll bet my horse against your horse. Hey, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Chicken shit? Who are you you calling chicken shit? Calling you chicken shit. You're a chicken shit, chicken shit. Okay, Freddy, I'll make the bet. My horse against your horse. All my horses against your horse. Sweetheart, you can't do that. Sweetheart, what do you think I am? Chicken shit? That's a bet, Fred. Clean satin doll. And clean satin doll. No, not my satin doll, too. Darling, don't be a chicken shit. You're on, Freddy. Okay, you ready for the elevator pitch here? Oh, man. Yeah, hit me. Okay. We're going to get Joan Rivers... To play a, uh, <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it. Give me the elevator. To, Come on. It's it, it's supposed to be Joan Rivers playing a uh, investment broker who teams up with a talking horse, who is supposed to be voiced by Elliot Gould, 
And then they're supposed to basically run an investment firm based on the talking horse's smart investment tips. Okay, here's the problem. How to Trot does not star Joan Rivers or yeah. Elliot Gould. Instead, it stars Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> uh, as the voice of the horse, John Candy. That's probably the only casting on this I can get behind. Yeah. So what actually happened was it was actually cast and screened. People hated it, which they didn't change their minds after it was redone. But they they brought in John Candy and he re-recorded all the horses' voices, except for he ignored the script and just improvised every line instead. Oh, so they they reshot this with Bobcat Goldthwait. Yes. Yes. Oh my lord! So they're like, let's pour some more money down this talking horse hole. <laughs> right, Mr. Ed right. was a huge hit. This the sad thing is, it has some good actors in it. It has Virginia Madsen. Well, and that's Tabby- why I saw it. Oh my right. gosh! For Virginia Madsen, how could you lead me so astray? I know, and Dabney Coleman, who's usually you know worth the price of a ticket. Yeah. So anyway, it was a bomb. It uh, it has uh, been nominated for five Razzie Awards. Losing out in almost every category to the movie that we ranked as the worst movie of the summer of 1988. Yeah, not only is it a crappy movie, it's not even it's not even good at being bad. Like, what does it's that even say? Even, it's not even worse than the next movie that was re- released almost the same day. Like that same number one movie, it has also a zero percent fresh oh. rating on Rotten Tomatoes. In 2011, <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait said that he got the script for Hot to Trot and wrote, "Why would I do this?" on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> to, to which his manager responded by writing a dollar sign. Well, you know. Well, everyone's got bills, been, Steve. Yeah, you, I know. You, Tell you me know this it. more than you, you feel that yes. more keenly than many. I I spent uh, I spent my day writing social posts. Uh, <laughs> now nah, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> Let's just say I feel dirty. <laughs> Oh, I feel so dirty, but not as dirty as I would feel if I were the person behind the number one movie on our summer stinker list for 1988. Here you go. Everybody, take two fingers, grasp your nasal passages, and squeeze. Number one. Three words for you, Mac and me. Your family here? Reporting to my school. Oh my gosh, that's my mom. What are we going to do? You, you'll have to go without me. She won't do that. She's supposed to be looking after you. We can't leave him here like this. You have to go, Eric. Tell her I'll be there in a minute. What are you going to do? Just go and tell her. Okay. Bye. I'll see you later. It's not safe here anymore. You have to come with me. Please... I won't let anybody hurt you. Oh, Steve, where where did this come from? Well, it clearly came from someone who watched E.T. while they were on an acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember this movie, but I never saw it. Uh, so walk it's me through horrible. this. What's this about? So Mac, <laughs> Mac stands for Mysterious Alien Creature. <laughs> Mac escapes from NASA agents and is befriended by a boy confined to a wheelchair. Together, they try to find Mac's family. Is the boy's name Cheese? I don't know. 
Together, they try to find Max's family from whom he has been sadly separated. Um, the movie actually ends with the text, we'll be back, pointing to a sequel. Uh, but the critical reception obviously was so bad that whoever came up with the idea of a sequel was probably not only fired, but also probably thrown out of town. It's kind of like the slate at the uh, end of Dr. Detroit. You know, the revenge of mom. Yeah, there's like Dr. Detroit 2, the revenge of mom. Jeez. That's probably something Dan Aykroyd thought would be funny. Yeah. It is notable to say that it did win the Golden Raspberry Awards for worst new star, worst director, worst picture, and worst screenplay. Wow. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. The the, the cast is completely unworthy uh, of of mentioning. I won't even bother to go through it. Except to say that Jennifer Anderson and Nikki Cox do appear as uncredited extras. Everyone's got to start somewhere. (laughs) Just don't start at Mac and me. Yeah, yeah. And upon all the obvious negative reviews, most of it was aimed at just people just saying, come on, it is complete blatant and far inferior ripoff of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And there was an abundant amount, abundant (laughs) amount of product placement. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, Alan Silvestri so, wrote the music, so it can't be all bad. I know, but somewhere someone was cashing in some favors to get this one made. Uh, some people have gone as far to, as to say Mac and Me is one of the worst films ever made. Wow, now I kind of want to see it. I wonder if that's available on you know, Netflix. <laughs> Most of the movies that we talked about today, very, very hard to find on streaming. You can occasionally, if you're, if you're, if you're hunting around on YouTube, you get, yeah, you'll see them on YouTube. But they're out there, and I would say you can't even rent them or buy them. I bet even the DVDs for most of these would probably be pretty pricey because there's just some few prints out there. Nice. So we're safe is what you're saying. We're safe. Exactly. Hey, it's super easy to pick out the dogs of the summer movie season. But you know it's hard? Finding the best care for everyone in your family in our busy lives. That's why Stuck in the 80s is proud to announce that we're partnering with Care.com for 2018. With access to 8.6 million caregivers across 16 countries, Care.com is the largest digital marketplace for care. You will have no problem, no problem, my friends, finding local caregivers, including nannies, pet sitters, house sitters, senior care, full-time, part-time, anytime. Your life will get so much easier with Care.com. At Care.com, you can find, book, and pay for it all in one place. You just do it online, Brad. Nice. You need help with a sick kid? Carecom. You need someone to pick up your parent after an operation? Carecom works for that too. You need someone to take care of Cat Benatar while you're away on a cruise? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Care is handling that for me too. I set it up an account today on Care.com and plugged in that I needed an occasional pet sitter. I had a response within an hour nice. from someone who lives two miles down the road who's ready to take care of Cat Benatar whenever I need her. And because you listen to Stuck in the 80s, you get a special discount. Just go to care.com slash 80s. You'd have to spell out 80s, you know, E-I-G-H-T-I-E-S. I was told there to would be no third. spelling. <laughs> I was told there'd be no math in this job too. See how that worked out. You'll get 30% off the premium membership to the service. Stop stressing the pressures in your life. I keep saying to myself every morning, let's stuck in the 80s and care.com give you an extra set of hands. Just go to care.com slash 80s. You'll be doing yourself a big favor, and you'll be doing a big favor for the podcast, too. You know what else is a big favor to podcast fans, Brad? The The Seggies.
Ah, the mystical refrain of listener mailbag. We have a couple letters this week. Letter number one from 80s cruiser Chip. Brad, here we go. Chip writes, hi, Stephen Brad. It was great to meet you on the cruise. I was the guy who could barely speak after losing my voice at one of the trial by fire shows. Oh, sure. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed Ready Player One, both the book and movie versions. The widely different story arcs I considered more of a feature than a bug. It's hmm. like getting two entirely different stories to enjoy. The movie could definitely have used more actual 80s references. The James Halliday story did make the movie for me, though. The leap not taken endeared Halliday to me. It hit pretty close to home. In the 80s, I was in a similar situation, and it still resonates with me to this day. Sometimes bittersweet memories are actually the best. Thanks for keeping the 80s spirit alive, guys. Still stuck in the 80s. Chip from Maryland. Yeah, you know, I think the the leap not taken, I, that was a smart move. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ernest Klein, you know, who wrote the book, had some sort of input in on that. Because to be honest, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's pretty much a common theme a lot among a lot of people who are nostalgic for the 80s. I mean, you have those moments. I mean, in a way, this whole podcast has been a 13-year exercise in me exercising the leap not taken demons yeah. uh, from the 80s. So, you know, we talked about movies that, that are nostalgic for the 80s in that, that episode. And on my eight-hour spirit quest across the California desert known as driving to and from Vegas, I realized we left out Hot Tub Time Machine. You know, well, I used it – I actually used it in the last show. Um yeah. Yeah, we did. I mean, it's it's almost. I don't know why we keep forgetting that movie. I haven't seen it in so long. Oh, I watch it pretty much every time I'm on an airplane. But I, I don't know. Is it not? <laughs> can you not say it's nostalgic for the '80s when half of it takes place in the '80s? No, I, I, the other movies we mentioned, half of them didn't. Half of it didn't take place in the yeah, '80s. Yeah, I, I I I feel bad that I left that one off because I feel like okay. that one has a place in the place in the gallery. Well, that, that can be your demon to conquer for the next thirteen years. Oh gosh, I don't have that kind uh, of time. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, let's see. Letter number two is from Dan in Brooklyn. Brad, you want to give it a shot? Absolutely. Dan writes, Hi, Stephen, Brad. I've been listening to your podcast for quite some time now and always enjoy a deeper look at all things 80s. I wanted to respond to episode 428, Songs About Nostalgia. I'm glad Time Stand Still was on the list. Even though Hold Your Fire was released in 1987, it still remains a part of my personal 80s summer soundtrack. I have memories of mowing the lawn while listening to a cassette of it on my knockoff Walkman. <laughs> to this day, when I visit my mom and help out by mowing her lawn, that's what's playing in my headphones. That's awesome. I love that. I love that you're still listening to that same song. Like, this is my lawn mowing music, and this is how I do it. It would make lawn mowing a lot more fun. It would. Anyway, he continues. He does continue. Steve, I'm sorry to hear about your layoff and was trying to think of a sad story to cheer you up. Because as we all know, sad stories make Steve happy. All I can think of is a job that started in the 80s. My first job out of high school was playing drums for a summer stock theater company. Literally. At graduation, I threw my cap in the air, ran with my diploma to the car, and drove straight to rehearsal. Everyone was satisfied with my work for the years I worked there. But then, one summer, a new music director was hired, and he brought in a different drummer. Being young, I naturally thought I had a regular job at the theater, but it turned out that the music director could pretty much bring anyone in they were familiar with. That being said, you'd think that the administrators of the theater would tell them, hey, this is our resident drummer. No. Despite the shock that left me in a bad mood, I went to support my friends who still perform there. It turned out that the drummer they hired quit a few days before opening night, and they had no one to fill his place. There were some important drum solos that they sort of kind of replicated on a bad-sounding keyboard. I feel a little bad when I experience schadenfreude, but in this case, I relished watching karma do its work. 
Anyway, thanks for all the love and effort you put into this podcast. Keep up the great work. Hopelessly remaining stuck in the 80s, Dan in Brooklyn. That's nice. Yeah. Job update. uh, Still jobless. It is now hit. Uh, By the time you hear this podcast, it will have hit the three-month mark. Oh, boy. That's lovely. Oh, boy. Um, but, but also by the time you hear this podcast, I will have had another job interview at, uh, Disney of all places. They're going to let me run the monorail. No, it's, it's for something else, but uh, I have another job. I've had three interviews there now actually at, at Disney, but well, um, the wheels there turn slow. So hopefully they can figure out that you're the guy that yeah, yeah. on staff. My, my dream of, of doing the podcast full time and getting paid for it is, would work if it were 1988 and the rent was about what it was in 1988. Then I think I would have enough money right now to do the podcast full time. What we need, what we need uh, here is a a rich, corruptible woman like maybe Lady Fanny of Omaha to donate some jewelry that we could pawn to keep Steve going. <laughs> oh, Lady Fanny of Omaha he speaks so fondly of you. That would be nice if we had a uh, benefactor or what? Did, what do the French call them? A, a pa- patron, a uh, sugar mama. But um, yeah, you could you could help out though. I mean, remember when we have these sponsors? They the sponsors stick with us if people actually use them. That's so true. when we tell you about Care dot com and we tell you about Bevsto, which you can find at sit80s dot com slash Bevsto uh, and HelloFresh and some of these other places that we mentioned from time to time. Remember, we picked them out because we thought they would be helpful to you. And if you do use the coupons or the promo codes, you know, the sponsor signs on for more and Steve gets like, like 1%, $1 closer to the dream of, uh, living in near poverty again. So that, that's nice. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. Um, that said, write us letters, uh, please. Your- <laughs> please write us letters. We love hearing yeah, from us- you. If you're not good, bad or indifferent. Yeah. Write us, write us some letters. Uh, help cheer me up. The address is podcast at sit80s.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Uh, you know the drill. We play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into a drawing for some swag. I like your odds this week, by the way, because only one, two, three, four, five people got it right. So you got a one in five chance. That's amazing. Anyway. Pay attention. Here's the clip from the last show. Um, he's dead. That's the idea, isn't it? Cheers. Yes, that's Weekend at Bernie's. I guess the whole deadline gave it away. Dead. I don't know. He's dead. (laughs) Isn't that the point, Steve? Is it wrong Uh, to like this movie? Because I find this movie hilarious. It's so stupid. I find it hilarious. Man, it is so funny. It's a fine line. I, I, I loved it. I loved it when it came out. I mean, no, I, I, there's no shame. I, good then, good now. Pleasure? It's, no, it's, it's just a straight-out pleasure. There's no guilt yep. involved. Speaking of pleasure, why don't you take the pleasure of reading some winners? Have a little scotch. <laughs> <laughs> winners include Brock in North Dakota, Dave Augie August, Rick Parker, Mr. Aaron Carpenter, and... Canuck and Cali. I would say spin the wheel or just pick a number one through five on your finger, Brad. Which which would you prefer? I'm gonna throw five <laughs> coins in the air. Yeah, let's just feed it through the let's feed it through the computer and see what number comes out. Hey, the winner is Rick Parker. So there you go. Nice. The computer tells no lies. 
Hey, Rick, send us your snail mail address and we will send you a, bo- a bottle opener. Bottle Pass opener. us every week. Bo- it's a bottle, bottle opener. opener. A bottle opener. I still have the trucker hats. I'm staring at them as I speak. They will hopefully go in the mail this week. Let's just see. I was, Depending on my mood swings. I would wait until <laughs> after tax day to go to the post office. That's a pro oh, tip. shoot. That is smart. Yeah, don't go don't You know go how close tomorrow. I came to doing it today? Don't go today I was so tomorrow. close to doing it today. Oh, my gosh. So smart. That's why you're my friend. 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 Here we go. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's this week's movie clip. I find out where you live, and then I come to your house, see, and I beat down your door with a baseball bat. If you know it, email us at podcast at SITDs.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Speaking of the great years, 80s fans, how does 2018 sound to you wine fans out there? Not because the vintages so far have been noteworthy, but because Stuck in the 80s is partnering up with Bevstow this month to give you a great deal on something we all need. More room in the fridge. Bevstow is the ultimate wine storage device. It creates additional storage capacity by horizontally attaching directly under any glass refrigerator shelf. It's easy to install and remove, and it's guaranteed to hold up to 10 pounds. Don't drink wine? No worries, Spearsy. Bevsto works on liquor, liquor, more liquor, soda, water bottles, <laughs> you name it. And because you listen to Stuck in the 80s, you get a special discount on your very own Bevsto. Save 25% on Bevsto when you use the promo code PODFAN25. Bevsto is only $19.95, but the saving 25%? Hey guys, that's more money to spend on wine or liquor, liquor, and liquor. <laughs> Go to sit80s.com slash Bevsto and enter the promo code PODFAN25, that's P-O-D-F-A-N-2-5, when ordering. You'll seriously be helping us out here at the podcast, and you'll help keep the show free for years to come. I myself have one in the refrigerator as we speak with a nice bottle of Steel Tank Aged Chardonnay at all times. And we're back. We have a few minutes left. I thought um, Brad missed out last week, so let's play it again this week. What's your 80s obsession? Brad, what is your 80s obsession? Oh, my gosh. This just happened today. I found I stumbled across the story on the, on the news, on the, the internet news, about – do you remember the documentary – I don't know. It's been maybe 10 years ago called The King of Kong about these two guys who are battling oh, out, yeah, yeah, battling yeah, yeah, out sure. for the, the top – uh, Donkey Kong score. Well, Billy Mitchell, the guy who's kind of the heel in that movie, just this just right, this right. week, Twin Galaxies, which maintains kind of the they're kind of the gold standard in video game records, and Guinness pulled all of his records, and they're basically saying that he faked. They didn't fake it; like he did play the game, but he played it on an emulator, not on the actual game itself. I mean, I disappeared down a rabbit hole on this today for about an hour reading the, well, you, you didn't see this. You see, and there's like, oh, well, the game draws it this way and the emulator draws it another way. And I was, it's fascinating how much energy people have, uh, you know, kind of wrapped up in these classic game records. It's kind of cool to see this community has this kind of crazy drama, but at the same time, the guy is so unlikable. You're just like, oh, yeah, he's finally getting his. But, you know, then, you know, there's another card to be played. So I'll be keeping an eye on this story for the next few weeks. Um, so I, I have two of these 80s obsessions. One, I was originally going to talk about the movie Cocktail, which came out in the summer of 1988 and was very, very, very yeah. close to making our top five lists. I, I'm no fan of this of movie, but I don't stories. think I could have included it on the list. 
It's too quotable. It's just too quotable. <laughs> it's very quotable. Beers for breakfast. Drink or be gone. The movie came out, and I liked it at the time, or I tolerated it at the time. It is on, I think it's on Amazon Prime and Netflix right now, too. So it's, for some reason, when you have as much time on your hands as I do these days, yeah. and you wake up at 2 in the morning with the dry heaves, sometimes <laughs> sometimes cocktail makes everything better. So I was going to talk about that. And then literally 10 seconds before Brad and I sat down to record, we got the news that uh, actor Harry Anderson from Night Court yeah. passed away today. Mm. He was 65 years old. Night Court was one of those amazing shows. It's one of those ones that doesn't get name checked as many times as it should yeah. for being a classic 80s comedy. And Harry Anderson is one of those guys who doesn't get name checked as often as he should for being a really funny yeah. guy. Yeah. I remember at first seeing him do the whole uh, the sort the magician stand-up routine where he puts the needle in his arm and wiggles it back and forth and it starts to bleed. Yeah. You know, that that whole bit. I mean, I thought I was gonna cough up a lung <laughs> laughing so much at that. Literally moments before we logged in, we, we saw that news and I told Brad and, and we were just like, oh, too young, oh. way too young. Um, I don't know. Do you remember Dave's world? I, well, I remember he did it where he was basically playing yeah. the life of Dave Barry. Yeah. From that the was Herald. obviously outside of the eighties, but um, it was pretty funny. Yeah. I was a big fan of Dave Barry um, anytime. So, you know, our, our hearts go out to the family of, of Harry Anderson uh, dead at 65 this week. I never get over the shock and pain of, hearing these announcements or seeing them online and just instantly reliving this great time in our lives where we had so much amazing entertainment and, and to realize that those people are leaving us now, you know, almost on a, we we really don't, we should not be surprised. And yet I think we kind of allow ourselves to be because we, we, you know, what are we doing here? We're talking about the eighties, you know, and we, we want to hold on to that. And there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just a slap across the face when, when these people leave us. Sure. I remember when I, when I first uh, hit Brad this morning with this idea that, Hey, let's do, let's do, we originally were going to talk about um, great, great movies from the summer Too easy. of 1988. And I, and I was in a, I was in a funky mood this weekend and I just, you know what, you know, Brad friend who I haven't talked to in a week, <laughs> You know, I, I'm just not in the mood to be, you know, that today. I, I, let's talk about the, the crappy movies from 1988. And, and I remember you you said, you know, were they really crappy? I mean, you still watched them. You still enjoyed them, didn't you? Uh, and I'm sitting here even now as I'm, you know, pondering, you know, the Harry Anderson news and pondering the show we just they, recorded. They yeah, crappy. I still yeah. kind of like them. It wasn't all gold. You know? It wasn't all gold. <laughs> it wasn't all gold, but but, you know. There's room in the up there for silver and, and bronze too. So um, we hope you took our salute to the summer stinkers uh, in that context. <laughs> if you want to write an in a letter trying to defend want, one of yeah, them, I want to be our guest. If, you, we'll if you're going to defend one of these movies, I absolutely want to hear from you. <laughs> in the meantime, in the in the spirit of uh, honoring the the legend that was Harry Anderson and and the somewhat stinkiness of the movie Cocktail, <laughs> I give you this horrific closing song and remind you that Brad and I will be here again next week hopelessly stuck in the 80s Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music 
And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. It has a distinction of being the first American movie given permission to film in Moscow's Red Scare. Red. It has a distinction. <laughs> it has the. Dis- Stop it.